Welcome to another episode. I'm Talia. I'm a dating coach and on Dating Intentionally, I'm sharing no-nonsense advice for navigating modern dating with confidence and ease, whether you've been on dozens of dates or you're just getting started. I believe dating can be fun, especially when we embrace being single and throw out all our expectations around when we should find a person. Today, I'm talking to Julia Mazur. She's a dating coach and host of the Pretty Much Done podcast, which is all about dating, confidence, and self-acceptance. You might have seen Julia last year in a viral TikTok when she talked about what her day looked like as a 29-year-old single woman with no kids, and this got picked up by right-wing commentators like Matt Walsh and thousands of people who bullied her for it. Ever since, she's been sharing her story about how, for the first time, she was okay with being single. In our discussion, Julia shares a ton of insight. We cover how to deal with comparing yourself to people in relationships, how to navigate being single when you thought you'd be married with kids by now, and what the path to self-acceptance looks like. We also get into her dating life a bit in Austin, Texas, and how she's experimenting with meeting people in the wild. If you're single and struggling, or you're thinking about getting out of a relationship where you know you're settling, this episode is for you. Let's get into it. All right, Julia, I'm so pumped to get into it with you. But before we get into anything, I really just want to ask you, what is your response to this dating app prompt? Okay. The first round is on me if. Oh, the first round is on me. The one I like is like, is always. Is always? That's what you would say? Like, what would I put on my dating profile? Yeah. What would you, what would you, oh, oh, okay. This is a great question. Okay. The first round is on me if you like HBO. Okay. All right. (laughs) I love that. I feel like I would swipe right on that. Yes. Love it. So you're a big HBO person. I'm a big HBO person. I recently re-downloaded Hinge. We'll talk about it, I'm sure. But the one that does so well for me is I said, like, people who scare me, like, don't have HBO subscriptions. And that one's doing really well for me. Love it. Awesome. (laughs) Okay. So I just wanted to, you know, start with that. But we're here to talk about being single, being okay, being single. And I want to ask you, what does it mean for you to be, quote unquote, okay, being single? Like, what is that? I think really what it boils down to for me is that I'm not anchoring my self-worth on being in a relationship, being with someone else. And I think that it took me a long time to get here. I think the journey of being single, you're it's not it's not like a linear process where you're always happy all the time. So I feel like I'm in like a little bit of a lull right now with being single. I've I've just moved, so I feel a little lonely. However, I don't place my value in this world on the fact that I am single or with someone, I have really gotten to a place where I feel content where I'm at and understand that it's all part of the journey. So for me, that's like the big point that I've gotten to not anchoring myself forth on anything else. I love that. That's a really great definition and kind of puts into perspective. And it makes me think like, how much do we anchor our self-worth on our relationship status? And like, why do you think it's so hard to avoid that? Like, why do you think it's so hard to be just okay being single? I think it's reiterated so much in society. So for me, it was a personal experience of I grew up Russian Jewish. I'm first generation American. My parents immigrated to the US and my entire life culturally, what I heard was get married, have kids. It was something that was kind of repeated to me over and over again. And everyone around me even though I lived in Los Angeles, which is a highly metropolitan city, was doing that. My sister got married at 25. She has two kids at 33. My parents got married at 21 and 22. And so I felt like 
I was inadequate if I didn't accomplish that life milestone. You know, I'd go to weddings and people would say, oh, are you seeing anyone? Why are you still single? When is it going to be you? When is it your turn? And I thought, okay, this is a cultural thing for me or even in a traditional culture, this is how people feel. But I realized after I went through my cyberbullying ordeal, which we can talk about obviously, is it is just a societal thing. Everyone thinks that if, especially the pressures placed so heavily on women, if we're not married with kids, we have no value in this world. That's such BS. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. You're right. Like it is hard when you're, it's like, this is the water we're swimming in, right? It's everywhere. It's really difficult to remember like that your happiness and self-worth should not be anchored on this one sliver of life, which is your relationship. Like, there's so much more out, outside of that. Yeah, it's really tough. A lot of people struggle with this. I definitely did too. I think when I left my six-year relationship, what hit me hardest was like, oh, I have to now figure out my whole life as if I will never be in a relationship again. Because you've like you're like orienting your future around partnership, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I need to move forward in life alone. And it took me a long time to wrap my head around that. Have you had that experience at all? Yeah, for sure. I think that I've stuck in relationships longer than I should have because I was fearful that people would think I'm a failure. But I think you and I both know as people who got out of serious relationships, it takes a lot of bravery and courage to get outside of a relationship and to start over and to put yourself out there. And I am actually more proud of those moments than I am in getting into a relationship because I think a lot of people can get into relationships. It's a pretty easy thing to do. We can get on a dating app, meet someone who likes us and get into a relationship. But it I think it takes a lot of courage to not settle and to learn how to be alone and to really sit with that loneliness or those feelings of discomfort. Yeah, especially when there are folks out there who are literally bullying people for being single, which is absolutely ridiculous to me. I can't believe you went through that. And you even said in your in your, that video, I think that that was a video we were talking about how you feel like you should be further along. And the comments are ridiculous, but I kind of wanted to zero in on that for a second because I think that's a really common experience of like, I should be making this much money or I should have a family. I should be whatever, I'm this age. So I should do this. Like, what are your tips for overcoming that and reframing that? Yeah. So I guess it might be helpful to share what happened. I created a video because I, like I said, you know, I've always felt that I should be at certain places. I'm, you know, from all the people I grew up with, I'm the only single girl left. And so I woke up one morning and I stayed in bed longer than I should have. I was, or should have, again, I use the should, but I stayed in bed longer than I wanted to. And I realized like I was like a little hungover because I had just gone to the Beyonce concert with friends. And I woke up in the morning and I thought, okay, like I have my Saturday, it's 10 a.m. What am I going to do with my Saturday? I had been watching Real Housewives of New York City and shakshuka was so prevalent on the show. And I thought I've never made shakshuka you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to the grocery store and I'm going to make shakshuka today. And then you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to watch reruns of Real Housewives. And I thought to myself, wow, you're so hard on yourself that you don't have kids and you don't have a husband, but what an epic day that you get to do all of these things. I know my sister, on the other hand, was like at soccer practice. She had to take like my niece to ballet and she had to wake up at 7 a.m. How cool that I got to just decide what I wanted to do with my day. So I made a video because I thought, you know, if anyone can relate to this and can relate to the feelings of feeling that pressure, I hope that I can help them in certain ways. And 
someone took it, this political commentator named Matt Walsh, he took it and said that my life was meaningless. And I was too stupid to realize that my life was meaningless because my life revolved around celebrities and it doesn't revolve around children and family. And anyway, we can like dive into that commentary, but I think that it happened to me at at a time when it was meant to happen because I had just done three years of the self-work that I really needed to get to so that when all of these people were bullying me, when they said that my life was meaningless, when they said that I was a, a male based on the size of my skull, that I should be sexually assaulted, all of these heinous, horrendous things and that my life has, I'm going to die alone, I w- have gotten to a place where I'm so okay with who I am because I have faced my shadows and I know who I am. I know the purpose that I'm here to help women on on the internet, like deal with their dating lives. I know I'm a good person. I, I've gone through things where I like understand that, okay, like to replenish my soul, I need to do meditation in the mornings and I need to take a walk and I need to journal. I've done all that work and I'm so sure of who I am and no one can really take that away if that helps answer your question. I think like that journey led me there. Yeah. It's like why get stuck in all the comparison, right? When it's like you're only in control of your own life and you get to build your own story. And yes, I think being true to who you are so, so important. It's like trusting your own timing, all that stuff. I love that you hit so hard on this message of like be yourself, do you, tune out everything else. It's really, really helpful. And yeah, I guess like, okay, so you got all these comments from strangers, like screw them. What about when people make comments that you know, like people like your family, like you were saying earlier, how did you handle it before you did all that work? Like what what was the starting point? I think before I did the work, I would listen to their advice and I would let it penetrate me. So if I was in a toxic relationship, like in COVID, I got into a super toxic relationship. And when I talked to family members or I'd get advice from people that I trust, they said, you know, relationships are hard this person really wants to give you like a nice life. This person really loves you and you should make it work because you know, you're 27, this and that. And I just kept feeling like deep in my gut, something was off and something was wrong. And I think that what I learned through that process is no one's going to live your life for you. They're not in the bed with the person at night. They're not spending all that time with that person. And in this relationship, I felt like deeply unfulfilled and very lonely. And so I realized that I was settling for fear of being alone and maybe not finding someone better and realizing, you know, there aren't that many people out there and all of that. I would rather at this point be alone than suffer in an unfulfilling relationship. Yes. It was only being steered by what I thought other people would think of me. If we broke up, I, I, you know, we had pictures on Instagram. I was like, oh my God, it's going to be so embarrassing that people see that we broke up and what am I going to do with the photos and all of that? It doesn't matter. No one's living your life for you. I had to live that life. I had to live that truth. And I, if I, for one second, felt like it was the wrong relationship for me, then that's my path. Right. That's all you, that's all you need. That's like end of story. So then, okay, fast forward to now, how do you, I'm sure you still get comments from more people in your life, less from strangers. Like I'm thinking more about, again, people who we have to talk to face-to-face or like deal with. How can listeners feel these comments or how can they just mentally prepare, you know, and kind of get through that without all that pain? Yeah. I think as long as you know who you are and what you want out of life, like that is most important. When people make the commentary, understand that their worldview is different than yours. So my parents are immigrants who got married at 21 and 22. 
they don't mean any harm by saying that we think you should settle down and get married. It's what they chose for themselves and that's their story and that's totally fine and they want the best for me and mean it out of the best place. It's not right for me. For me, it took longer. I had to walk this path. I had to walk this journey. I now moved to cities because I have that ability to. I, you know, I get to experience different things. I have different values out of life. I take it with a grain of salt now. And I mm-hmm. just I understand that they they mean it from the best place, but their perspective is just different than mine. Right. Obviously it's annoying. And like I guess there are some tactical things you can say where you're like, you know. I would respect it if like we just don't talk about my dating life. Are you just more of like a smile and nod? Like, yep. Now I have become. Yeah. <laughs> I have become that way. Or or I make a joke out of it. Like, oh, we're at the like portion of the dinner where we talk about Julia's love life, you know? Yeah, right. I feel like I would make a sarcastic comment like, oh my God, I've never thought of that. Wow. <laughs> Oh my God, life changing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've started to instill my boundaries. So, like, my mom used to set me up with just like anyone. Like, she was like, he has a pulse. Like, you know, oh, no. or she, she would like say things to me where she was like, he's a doctor. He lives in Minnesota. And I'm like, what am I going to do with someone who lives in Minnesota? Yeah, no. So now I've asked her to not just give out my number and set me up with anyone. Wow. That's bold of her to just. My mom is a bold woman and yes. she really means she means so well. But I know that because I've walked this path for so long, like that person is that person's coming and I'm gonna find them and they're gonna be wonderful and they're gonna meet me right where I'm at. I love that attitude. And that I mean, yeah, I guess I wanna get, ask you later about your dating life. But um what about like when you're in a gathering and you're you feel like you're the only single person there? Like again, what's like I want to say not mantra, but you know what I mean. Like just a reminder of like, okay, this is fine. This doesn't mean anything. So I would say two things. One thing that was really helpful for me, I just had Shaney Silver on my podcast, and she's also yet love her. She's a little older than I am, but she's like so unabashedly afraid of being single, and she's so inspirational. She gave me a reminder where she said, "Remind yourself." that love is all around you. Like your friends fall in love constantly. I'm sure you've gone to so many weddings where you see your friends fall in love and it it shows you that that's so possible. Mm -hmm. And if it's possible for them, it's possible for you. Like that, those are great reminders that it will happen. It's, it's nice to see that it's possible, right? Yes. I actually had that experience when I left my relationship. Instead of looking at couples around me in a bitter way, like, uh, I was just like, oh, look at that. Like that is going to be me again one day. Like I, eventually we'll find someone. Totally. I mean, I've watched friends who almost settled in relationships and then find the love of their life. Like that is so wonderful and like such a good reminder. And then second, I love to like remind myself the ways that are that like being single are so cool. I recently I was one of like the few single people at a wedding. I was in Mexico City. I got to like wake up when I wanted to. I saw I saw some couples arguing about when they wanted to leave. Someone didn't want to leave. Someone wanted to leave. (laughs) I got to leave whenever I wanted to leave. A friend of mine was like, oh, I know this guy in Mexico City. He's great. Can I set you up on a date? I went on a date. Like, how fun and wonderful and exciting was that? And those are the benefits. I would remind yourself, like, what are all the cool benefits of being single? Yes, I agree. I was not single. I was single for a year, but Mm -hmm. I loved it. I had so much fun. I loved, like, just like I said, doing whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted. And I still have a lot of independence in my relationship, but it's not 100%. 
Yeah. It just isn't. It can't really, it doesn't really work that way. So yes, definitely constantly reminding yourself of all the wonderful things about being single. So important. And I wanted to kind of switch gears here. Like what made you start your dating podcast? Because you said you started it over a year ago, right? Yeah. So I started it in September of last year. Really the impetus for it was that toxic relationship I was in in COVID. So during that time, because it was the pandemic, but also I think I was so lonely in that relationship, I really turned to podcasts. I remember I would go on walks a lot and I would listen to podcasts. And I was listening to Life with Mariana Hewitt. It's her podcast. And she had the celebrity hairstylist Jen Atkin on. And Jen Atkin is on and she's talking, they're talking about breakups. And she tells Mariana, I tell all of my friends who are in unhappy relationships, a breakup is just one weekend of moving your stuff out of the place. And that's it. It is one weekend and it is done. And I remember it landing so heavily for me on my walk, obviously, because I was in a relationship (laughs) that I was unhappy in. A little shortly thereafter, I finally got the guts to leave that relationship. I love the like, there is always that piece of content that pushes you to do it. Yes. Yes. (laughs) That was my piece. Yeah. I love it. When I meet Mariana Hewitt one day, which I know will happen, (laughs) like I will tell her that she inspired me to start my podcast. But I thought to myself, like, if I can be that aha moment for someone who might be settling, because settling is just the worst place to be. I have almost done it so many times. I want to be that moment of clarity for someone. And so I kept delaying it, kept delaying it. And then I finally started the podcast and I love it. It was intended as like a breakup podcast. I At first I had people on talking about breakups and I wanted to show people you can survive a breakup, but then it really came into... I had experts on teaching you how to really love yourself and get to a place where you're totally okay with who you are and then know and understand that that person is coming. And I understand that the single journey is super lonely. It is for me too, who's done so much extensive work on herself and talks about being single. But I just think that I I would so much rather be single than settle because I almost did. Yes. So amazing. I'm so glad your podcast exists because like what a useful resource and tool for people in navigating singleness, singledom, whatever you want to call it. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And then, okay. Also, I'm curious, what made you feel like it was time for a life change? Because you recently, you know, you quit your tech job, you moved from LA to Austin temporarily, which is so badass. What was the catalyst for that? Was it also a podcast nugget? Like, <laughs> you know? Um, no, that's no, not a podcast this time. So, I mean, I think that we don't just settle in relationships, right? We settle sometimes in life and in our careers, for example. So, I had been living in my same my same 1000 square foot apartment for 6 years. I was just feeling really stuck. Like I was thinking about my environment. I was going from my bed to like 20 feet to my desk, you know, making the same rounds. And I was starting to feel very, very stir crazy. And I would have the same weekend in LA. It felt like, cause sometimes when you live in a city, you just start Mm -hmm. to like create this bubble for yourself. So I was dating someone long distance this summer. And so I felt like a little bit called towards a move. Didn't really know if what was going to happen there. Once we broke things off, I had been visiting my best friend who moved to Austin in COVID. And I thought to myself, like, I feel like Austin could be like a nice place to live. And so literally the day after we broke things off, I thought, I'm going to check out Zillow and just I'm going to like pop in and see. <laughs> the post breakup Zillow cruise 
It's such a moment. It's is such is a it moment. a thing? I, is it a thing? I've never Are done this. It's a thing. It's a thing. Wow. Well, I hope anyone listening starts to do it. Yeah. So I popped in and I looked at short-term rentals and I found one I really liked, but it was a little bit more than I paid for my mortgage in LA. So I was like, okay, that feels really fiscally irresponsible. So I wrote to them and I was like, listen, no pressure. Like at the end of the day, I have a nice place. I have a nice life. It's fine. I wrote to them and I said, hey, you know, I love your place. It's a little out of budget for me. I'm super responsible. I own my place in LA. I'm, you know, 30 years old, would love to move there. If not, no worries. And they wrote me back and they're like, hey, there's not flexibility on the price. However, we are looking to move to LA. Where in LA do you live? (laughs) And I was like, this is so perfect. I'm super spiritual now. And I thought this is a sign from the universe that you need to just go and get pushed towards this. And so I decided that we would home swap and we signed up for a six month home swap. um, And then we'll be month to month. Honestly, if I'm like honest with you, I think it'll be a little bit longer than that. I'm really enjoying Austin. And then in, in terms of the, the, career change that wasn't really planned. I work at a company where we have a work from anywhere policy. I didn't know we recently changed our policy. So when I started moving forward on the HR front, they were like, no can do. And my first thought wasn't like, I'm going to lose my job. It was, I'm going to lose this opportunity to move. And I felt like it was again, like a mirror being put up towards me of, okay, Julia, like you love your podcast. You love creating content. This is kind of a time where you can really go all in on yourself or stay still. I love it. So gutsy. So ballsy. Like, just go for it. That's really inspiring. I think it's so cool. Just, yeah, like leaning into that. Thank you. It's really scary because I obviously have like a well-paying job. The job economy right now is insane. I can't believe I have a job in this economy. My parents think I'm crazy, of course. But I don't think that you get rewards without taking risk. Agreed. I'm just kind of betting on myself. And as someone who like really believes in herself, I'm giving myself this six-month runway. Yes. Yeah, so I think with any change, giving yourself a time frame is super, super important of like, okay, let's try this for three to six months, whatever it is. And then you reassess and you can always go back or like do something else and change it. And very few decisions are permanent. Not no decisions, but very few are. <laughs> I agree. And I was talking to someone today that like the more we try to control the outcome, the less likely it, it happens in that way. So it's now I'm kind of just like, Jesus, take the wheel. Let's <laughs> go. <laughs> I mean, I'm oh still gosh. obviously showing up, right? And like doing yes. the work, but I know that whatever's meant for me is not going to miss me. Yeah, that leads perfectly into my next question for you, which is tell me about Unattached Autumn. I've been following along on this journey. I w- and obviously, okay, we're recording this in December. This is going to come out in January, but like, and, and it's no longer autumn. But so tell me, what was it and how did it go? Yeah. So after that breakup, I thought, okay, I don't want to get back on the apps. I really don't want to be like attached to the apps again. And I'm, I was, I'm someone who worked at Tinder for six years. I'm not anti apps here, but I think that the way I was using apps was that I was just finding the same person over and over again in a different body. Like it, it was just, I was creating this filter for myself of, oh, I like that he looks this certain way. I like that he has these witty responses. I like that he goes to these certain places. And so I think for me, it was narrowing my worldview so, so much. It was, yeah. it was narrowing my worldview. And so I decided, okay, Julia, especially as someone who's moving to a new city, these are the rules of unattached autumn. I took myself out to a solo date 
twice a month and I would sit at the bar, which is can be a little bit uncomfortable when you get there at first. You realize you feel a little bit freakish. You're like, I'm not talking to anyone. Do I get my phone? Do I bring a book? I love it. I mean, I hear you, but I, I absolutely love it. Now that I have ripped the Band-Aid off and done it a few times, the bartender, your friend, I have gotten two free drinks. Like I have done this now like a handful, like six times. Two out of the six times I've gotten free drinks. I've made friends sitting next to me. The bar culture is incredible. Like I don't know why any of us sit at tables. We should all be sitting at the bar. I agree. (laughs) Yes. The whole restaurant is just a bar. Wrap around. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Oh my God. Such a good idea. Yeah. It shouldn't just be sushi bars. It should be like every restaurant. Yes. So did that one new thing per month. Try one new thing per month. And then the most important portion of this was we are not caring about what people think of us when we do it. I am so tired of people caring what I think. I, I'm someone who creates content on the internet about my dating life and talks about being 30 and single. I just don't care anymore. It's Life is like so short for us to care. And you don't get if you if you don't put yourself out there. Right. That's so true. So, okay. So how did it go? Because now untouched, we're, we're into like, is it unattached winter? What's going <laughs> <Yeah>. on? Is it? <laughs> so it's funny. It, like this is like breaking news. I redownloaded Hinge Monday. I saw it on your TikTok. <laughs> yeah. Because listen, everything's a learning lesson, right? Something that I was doing is with this unattached autumn, also because I'm creating content around it. I actually did meet someone and we went on a date. He came up to me at the bar and I was like, oh my God, amazing. And like people on TikTok loved it. And I'm like, okay, I have to keep doing this. I have to go to unattached autumn because people are counting on me to show them that you can find a date at the bar. And I think that putting that pressure on myself was becoming insane. Yeah, no. I needed to remove that pressure because every time, like I would romanticize like walks along the lake and I was like, oh, I'm going to meet a guy with his dog and he's or gonna- like at the grocery store and like <laughs> you bump into someone in line and they drop their blueberries yes. all over. <laughs> yes. Know? Yes. And let me tell you, like there are really cute guys at Whole Foods here. There are. The guys in Austin are hot. I was just there this weekend. Like, and I've swiped there. Like if I, you move your location before. Yeah. Like, Austin's definitely, in my opinion, a great city for meeting guys. I totally <laughs> agree. I totally yeah. agree. But it is maybe like sometimes they they just left their workout and they went to Whole Foods and they don't need me like staring them down. You know, like sometimes it's just like it's not, so true. Sometimes it's unnatural. It's not the you vibe. Know? Yeah. Yeah. However, it it was great. I'm still gonna keep the solo dates because I loved them and I love making that time for myself. Even my married friends were doing it, which I love. Because I think that, like you said, your your relationship is super independent. I think that our independence and filling our own cups is so important, and I want to continue to do that. Um, but I love I loved it. I, I really like for anyone listening, I hope that they take away like go sit at the bar by yourself. It's so fun. Yeah. I mean, what I love about what you're doing is it's very experimental. You're not going in with any expectations. You're trying things out. You're trying things on and you're changing them when they're not working. You're making adjustments like anything you're doing in your dating life. You're not you don't have to do that forever. Like You could try to do different things and just like see what feels comfy. And then when it stops feeling comfy, you do something different. Totally. And I think that what led to that for me and what inspired that for me is like my entire life, I was sure, I was certain I was going to be married with kids by 30. I was like, no doubt in my mind. And now that I'm married, not married with no kids at 30, I'm like, great. The pressure's off. Let's go (laughs) try this. Let's move to a new city. Let's go do all these things that I was like holding my breath, waiting for a husband for. Now I'm like, no, no, no. I'm, I'm living life. 
for me yes. and doing the things I want to do. Okay. So you're on the apps. Like that's a great, but how in general, like how do you approach dating when you're also just embracing being single? I think it, it's going to take like someone very special right now to settle down into a relationship with, given that I'm in such a transitional period of my life. I'm trying to build out my career. I'm trying to really explore this new city and give it the love it deserves. Like it's such a wonderful city. I really want to be able to explore it. And so I think that if I met someone who meets my same values, values the same things that I do, has done similar work or is open to that work, doing that work on themselves, you know, values me in a way that I want to be valued, I would consider a relationship. But otherwise, I'm kind of treating everyone I meet as like a wonderful person to meet and you never know what will come of it instead of hoping that they're going to be my boyfriend or hoping that they're going to be my husband. Yes, that's that's awesome. I love it. I think dating with that mindset is difficult for a lot of people because it's like how like how many dates do you go on, right? When you're dating with that mindset with one person because if you keep seeing them, let's say like up to like 5, 6 times, it starts getting serious, more serious with even with you don't try. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like because you're just investing more time in one person. It happens with yeah. friendships too. Like when you make a new friend, the more you see them, the more invested you're going to be. So like what happens if you end up going like on 5, 6 dates with someone? Like what what's your approach then? Uh, it's so hard to talk about like what may happen, like hypotheticals, right? I know, yeah. This is like very much of like what if question. <laughs> and also like it's so funny you're asking me this because it's like, well, that's not happening. <laughs> like I've been waiting for him. So like hypothetically, sure. Right? It's like crazy how even you get to five dates with someone that is special at this point. Oh my God. Two dates is special. Yeah. Two dates is truly special. I think I want to see how I feel with them. So something that I've been thinking a lot about, like when I'm manifesting, because I like I like manifesting, when I'm manifesting my partner, I've told people before, it's hard for me to get specific right now because I feel like sometimes I don't know what's right for me. But what I do want to get specific on is how they make me feel. And so I think that if the person that I've gone on the five or six dates with is making me feel like I want to feel safe heard. I want to laugh with this person. I want to feel joy around them. I want when they're around my friends for them to really enjoy my friends as much as like I enjoy my friends or at least enjoy my friends. If all of that is in place and we have like this romantic and, you know, chemical connection, for sure. Why would I say no to that person? But I think it's so important that they make me feel a certain way because I think that so many of us are like, oh, they're 75% there. I want like I want it 100 i guess 90% of the way there like i do i don't want to just have the 75% i know how great it is to be alone that it would be a shame to settle for the 75% for sure yes it's like when you enjoy your life single so much settling feels like impossible it's like counterintuitive right at that point like why <laughs> i'm sure if like a matchmaker or dating coach were listening to this they'd be like oh this girl's not ready for marriage this girl is not ready to settle down like perhaps I don't know you could psychoanalyze I would say as a dating coach you do not sound like that at all (laughs) (laughs) you sound really sure of yourself but you know that you don't even tell you that I have one more question then I also want I have two listener questions for you okay I love that what do you hope to see more of in dating culture this year like 2024 what do you hope to see more of what do you hope to see less of I hope more people are approaching each other in the wild 
I really do hope that happens. I hope that people are connecting in a human way. And it doesn't even have to be for romance. Like, I don't know if you felt this way when you were in Austin. Like, people are so nice and friendly, and it doesn't feel like anyone wants anything out of you. And people, I've had some wonderful conversations. Oh my God, like the other day, Monday, the barista at the coffee shop I was at, it was like 2 p.m. She was like, What's been the best part of your day? And I thought that so was cute. the nicest, oh cutest thing. And we ended up talking and her boyfriend worked for the company that I work for. Like so sweet. And I connected with her and I remember her name. Her name's Portia. Like I, I will never forget that interaction and that made my day. That was the best part of my day. I love it. So you hope, okay, so you hope that more people are approaching each other in the wild. What do you hope to see less of? On that same note, people are not just glued to their dating apps. Like I hope that it's a tool in the toolbox they're on the dating apps. However, they're also doing the sitting at the bars alone. They're approaching people in public. Like I don't think that we should only be relying on dating apps anymore. I'm I'm done with the that being the only way to connect with people. Yeah, I always say like it's not all or nothing with the apps. But, yeah, I mean, what I love about the dating apps, especially in a place like Austin, I was in Seattle when I was dating, is like when you're on the apps, you also see these people in the wild that are you see on the apps because the city's kind of small. <laughs> <laughs> or like, or like, if you hang out in certain places, all the time, it's, like, it's nice to do both. You know, it's nice to keep both in mind. You are so inspiring. I love, like, again, your confidence in yourself. I feel like it's like I just hope everyone can absorb that. <laughs> you know, everyone listening can absorb a little bit of it. So, thank you. It's I appreciate really everything nice. you said so far. Yeah, thank you. I have two listener questions that are kind of related to this topic. I can't wait. Yeah, I love a listener question. So the first one is. Um, I'm a 25-year-old female. I feel like I'm behind. I'm single. I'm not talking to anyone. I had my heart broken by a love bomber at the beginning of the year. I want to date, but I have so much dating app burnout. So this is that like tug of war between I should date, I want to date, but also dating is exhausting. Yeah. What's your advice for this person? It sounds like she doesn't want to be on the dating apps. If if she feels burnout from them, do not go on them. And I, as a 30-year-old woman who's five years older than her, the shoulds, they, they got me nowhere, let me tell you. So I think that what I would do if I were her is I would really fill her own cup right now and ignore the shoulds. I just got online bullied for the shoulds and I'm totally fine and I don't care. So I did it for us both. Figure out right now what it is. Find two things that you want to accomplish by the end of next year whether that be learning tennis, learning a language, traveling to Asia, like figure out two things and pour your heart into those things. And I think that if you're focused on those things, the dating burnout will feel less real. Yes, I love that advice. I fully I co-sign that. I think don't worry about the don't worry about dating at all. Focus on being in your 20s because yeah. that's a whole other vibe. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I think front solidifying friendships is really important at that stage of in love life and focusing on those friendships that will truly last no matter who you date. Totally. And and do the things with a girlfriend. Like pick a girlfriend or pick a friend who you want to do those those that challenge with and keep each other accountable. Love it. Great answer. Okay, here's the next one. I'm a 31-year-old female. I've been single for a decade. I've gone on dates here and there, but nothing serious has developed. As a result, I've become incredibly independent. I've had a worry that the longer I'm on my own, the harder it is go- that it's going to be to be able to compromise some of my peace and independence for a serious relationship. Is it possible to find someone who provides the perfect balance? I'm worried that I'm too far gone at this point. <laughs> Do you, I can relate to this. Can you? <laughs> Are you kidding? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> did you not just hear the me spiel on the last? Yeah, I'm literally like, I love being alone. Yeah. Um, I can totally relate. I can totally understand it. But I, I guess my advice to this person and my advice to myself is worrying about it is not going to make it better. So I think that it's not the right place to place your energy. Yes. Yeah. It's like you are going to figure it out, like how to merge your life with someone when you also – it's easier when you enjoy them like and you enjoy being with them and you want it. Worry about like finding someone who you want to do it for. Don't worry about whether you're going to be able to do it. Like You will. You will be you able will. to do it. Yeah. 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 100%. It, it was like when you asked me like the five to six date, will you get in a really – I'm like, I don't know. Like it's too hard to figure it out. Like this girl too. It's like you won't know, but you'll figure it out. It, like it will happen one way or another. Yeah. It will be interesting at the very yeah. least. Talia is proof that it will happen. Yes. Thank you. Yes. I just moved in with you know, my boyfriend went in, in the summer and we both had our own apartments. We both lived alone and we had to merge all our stuff. And our, we're still figuring it out, like, you know, <laughs> with the blankets and the dishwasher and all those yeah. things, you know? Yeah. 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 Well, that's great advice. I, I really appreciate you answering these questions. What's one thing that dating intentionally listeners can do today as a step forward toward self acceptance and feeling okay with being single? My favorite, easiest tip, the first thing I started with, the first thing that my therapist made me start doing is journaling. It's pretty cheap to buy a journal. Like sometimes your thoughts can consume you. It feels like a purge when you journal. It's like your best friend. And then my favorite thing about a journal is I read back at the things that I used to think were such big issues. And I'm like, who? What? Oh my God. That was your like that was your biggest issue. Wait until you get to like chapter three. It's gonna get so much crazier for you. So I love it. I love that it it shows you later how far you've come as well. Yes. I love that advice. I would add, um, as someone who journaled literally before the recording this podcast, um, <laughs> to write really kind things to yourself. Yeah. Be your cheerleader in those words because when you write it down, it's like so much more amplified. And we're not, I think a lot of us are not nice to ourselves. So I think that can help with self acceptance in the journaling mode. Um, That's awesome. I love that tip. Okay. Before we wrap up, I just, I absolutely love this conversation. I think there's so much good insight here. And I'm excited for people to go into 2024 with like that acceptance and just feeling okay being single and knowing that. No matter what happens throughout the year, like you're going to be fine. You're going to do it. Do stuff for yourself. Make fill your cup, like you said. So I appreciate all of your words of wisdom. Yeah, of course. Thank you for letting me share them. It made me feel really good. As someone who like struggled with her weight and her confidence, knowing that you think I'm confident like makes me so happy. <laughs> Please. Um, okay. <laughs> do you have anything that like, first of all, where can people find you? And also, do you have anything you want special going on that you want to share? I would love to. So my podcast is called Pretty Much Done, and it's everywhere where you can find your podcasts, Spotify, Apple. Um, My social handles on Instagram and TikTok are PMDPod, um, and you can follow me there, and you can follow all my dating shenanigans because I share them there. Um, And then I started one-on-one coaching. I started a three-month program. It's a lot about confidence coaching and basically teaches you how to be confident in yourself to find your person. Um, And I've started to take on clients. So you can DM me and get involved with that. Thank you so much. This has been awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much, Talia. I love this conversation. I don't know about you, but I am scheduling a solo date for this weekend as we speak. 
I love this conversation and I want to hear from you. What was your biggest takeaway? Are you going to try your taking yourself out on dates now? You can slide into my DMs on Instagram at dating.intentionally and let me know. One of the big things that stuck out to me in this conversation is how much of a process it can be from going to expecting something to happen by a certain age to completely letting that go. It would be so much easier if we all grew up with zero expectations about when or how we'd find love and who it would be with. But I think similarly to heartbreak, this is something we all experience at some point. We have to accept that there are so many things we're not in control over, like when or how you'll meet your person. The good news, you have control over making your life amazing on your own. I think Julia's story is proof that we don't need a relationship to have a fulfilling life. Thank you for listening. I'd love it if you share this episode of Dating Tensionally with someone who's navigating dating and might need a little confidence boost or some tough love. If any of these episodes have helped you in your journey, you can help me by leaving a stunning review on Apple or giving Dating Tensionally five stars on Spotify. I really appreciate it. Once again, I'm Talia. This has been Dating Intentionally, and I'll catch you next time.